the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And as I've shared with you in the past, in addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I'm both the Master of the Laws of Taxation and the Master of Laws of Intellectual Property. Now, because of my education and my training and my experiences and my lifelong interest in business and money and finance and wealth creation, wealth preservation, wealth transfer, and the roles that these particular aspects of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law because it is my firm belief that the effective, equitable, and timely use of the remedial tools available to all of us in Article 1, Section 8, Clause 4 of the United States Constitution, also known as the Bankruptcy Clause, as articulated from time to time and updated by Congress in the Federal Bankruptcy Code, and by the United States Supreme Court and the Federal Rules of Bankruptcy Procedure, as modified by the myriad of federal and state debtor-creditor relationship and debt collection laws, and as interpreted by the applicable federal and state case laws, as used by practitioners like me before bankruptcy courts to determine the rights and responsibilities of debtors and their creditors, Bankruptcy law is not just about the money, 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 but more importantly, it's also about the reclamation, redemption, and revitalization of the economic lives of financially distressed individuals, families, and businesses. But again, only those financially distressed family and business units headed by honest but temporarily unfortunate human beings who sometimes make bad financial decisions and are uh, negatively impacted by outside forces beyond their control that pushes them into financial distress. Also, just like you and me. And that's why I practice bankruptcy law. I really like helping an honest debtor figure out a way to dig her, him, or itself out of a financial ditch that she, he, or it either drove into of their own accord or negligence or got driven off the road by someone or something else 
on the one hand, and I also like helping the honest creditor vindicate her, his, or its rights in a debtor's bankruptcy case by making sure the debtor treats the creditor fairly and even-handedly throughout the process. On the other hand, now, I also practice debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. Now, with these areas of law and personal and small business finance in my focus, I spent the greater part of the last 40 years before and after getting my license to practice law, fighting for the economic empowerment and independence and autonomy of women, people of color, communities of color, including indigenous Americans. And because I grew up as a military brat, I'm proud to say that I serve veterans of all stripes. And when the situation is right, I sometimes have at least the opportunity to attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves, ourselves, the targets of, and unfortunately more and more the victims of some of the most pernicious forms of financial elder abuse you could ever imagine that's running rampant in our society today. So once again, I'm coming to you to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. However, as always, I must ask you to please note that this show doesn't provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational form for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with at least an overall out line of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find the qualified professional help I believe you need to have when you're having a legal issue that intersects with your finances and or your other assets. Now, I must inform you that the very first time I saw Star Trek, the original series, which aired for the first time on September 8th, 1966, more than 55 years ago, when I was already a sixth grade science geek and math nerd. As such, I was overjoyed to witness then Captain James T. Kirk, also known to some as William Shatner, take off from Earth temporarily shuffling off his mortal coil to witness what dreams may come in the darkness of space when he and his fellow crew members reached apogee right above the upper bounds of our atmosphere at 351,186 feet or approximately 66 and a half miles above the surface of our home planet where he released himself from his harness, went, wait, let's for a few minutes, and then strapped himself back into his harness and then returned safely to Earth in what appeared to me to be a bit of a hard landing this past Wednesday, October 13, 2021. Then to hear him explain with such emotion at age 90 how his 10-minute trip into outer space was the most profound experience I can imagine. I say big ups to Admiral James T. Kirk, retired. However, most of us Trekkies celebrate not only Admiral Kirk, but also the entire crew, including those who are no longer with us, including Dr. Bones McCoy, played by the late DeForest Kelly, Engineering Chief Scotty, played by the late James Doohan, and of course, Mr. Spock, played by the late Leonard Nimoy. And we remain happy to celebrate 
with Mr. Sulu, who's played by George Takai, Mr. Chekhov, who's played by Walter Koenig, along with the cast member who meant so much to me when I was this odd little black girl who had always been interested in science, technology, engineering, and math. Of course, Lieutenant Uhura, played by Nichelle Nichols. Now, Miss Coles is a very real shero to me because her character, Lieutenant Uhura, was the first black television character that didn't play a role as a menial laborer or play a prostitute or have to act like she lacked intelligence. Instead, she held a position of power on that show. Miss Nicole remained with the show for all three of its seasons, but staying wasn't her first choice. Now, due to the drama that most, if not all, blacks who are the first, in quotation marks, in any American workspace dominated by privileged white men, she was tempted to leave the show during the first season. But none other than the late, great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. convinced her to stay. She told the New York Post in 2021 that when she told Dr. King she wanted to leave the show because she thought it was silly and she didn't like it there, he told her, and I quote, You can't do that. You have the first non-stereotypical, non-menial role in television. You have created strength and beauty and intelligence. For the first time, the world sees us as we should be seen. It's that that's what we're marching for. Your role, you're a role model, and whether you like it or not, you belong to history now. Well, I got to tell you, I'm in the amen corner of Dr. King's sermon on this matter because I was able to witness firsthand each and every week Ms. Nicole's groundbreaking and dignified portrayal of Lieutenant Uhura who was not only a line officer in some future version of the United States Navy, she was also a translator. She was the USS Enterprise's communications officer and a linguistics expert. So throughout my childhood and adolescence and my first decade as an adult, when I got hired by and then trained as a systems engineer and then promoted into a role as a data and telecommunication system designer by a subsidiary of AT&T, Ms. Nichols' image remained with me and she, as she was first and foremost a black woman who personified my interest in space, astronomy, cosmology, engineering, and telecommunications technology, and she did so with such style and grace that I, I will always be grateful to her. And that's why I'm so sad to say that Ms. Nichols, who at age 88, was diagnosed with dementia in 2018. Now, losing cognition is something that happens to many of us when we age. However, what's truly sad is the fact that, as reported in page 6 on August 16, 2021, and I quote, Britney Spears isn't the only one fighting for control of her life. Ms. Nichols is spending her sunset years trapped in an ugly conservatorship battle involving her only child and current conservator Kyle Johnson, her form, former manager, Gilbert Bell, and her friend and actress, Angelique Fawcett. 
Now, according the story goes on, after successfully petitioning for his mother's conservatorship in 2018, Johnson has had a tumultuous time running it, and he and Bell have filed lawsuits against each other, accusing each other of various forms of aggression and controlling actions. Now, Fawcett, who's her friend, whom Nicole named as her successor, meanwhile believes that despite her dementia, Ms. Nicole is capable of living independently without a conservator. She also alleges that Bell, who in 2018 tried to marry Nicole in order to have control of her, her assets, uh, and uh, he, she's also upset at the state of disrepair her home has fallen into. Now, amid the fighting for control of the actress's life, wealth, and income potential, she has continued working and is moving forward with uh, what the Los Angeles Times calls her fair world, world troll that's been organized by her son and agent Skip Conway. So focusing on the heights of aging experienced by Mr. Shatner and the lows of aging currently experienced by Ms. Nicole, today I want to discuss what we all need to know about conservatorships and how some estate planning, while we have some of our wits about us, might help us keep some control over our lives in our last acts before we embark on our treks to our own individual frontier a place where each of us must go. But first, we'll take a short break and I'll see you on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our foreway into the intersection of elder law and estate planning by looking at what can happen if we don't plan ahead for our own incapacity. So, what is conservatorship and how does it fit into an overall estate planning process? Well, let's answer in reverse order. What is an estate plan? Well, if you reside in California and you are in control of your faculties, you and your counsel will use an estate plan as a strategic planning tool for a process focusing on creating a series of contracts between you and the state of California with the goal of transferring your assets to your beneficiaries of choice with the least amount of negative tax consequences and other consequences that might diminish the value of your estate. Now, the primary tools of an estate plan are a will, one or more of the various kinds of trusts, a durable power of attorney for property management, an advanced health care slash durable power of attorney for health care, and properly setting up your bank and investment accounts and your insurance policies so your desired beneficiaries can take the proceeds without having to go through probate. I also believe in taping a video explaining in kind words why you disinherited one or more of your purported heirs. That will add value to them and it will make you feel better 
That's my belief. So what is conservatorship? Well, to be blunt, it's what may happen if a person becomes incapacitated without the estate planning tools I just mentioned already in place, informing the state of that incapacitated person's wishes as to how she wants her person and her property, that is to say her estate, treated while she's incapacitated, thereby leaving it up to a judge and or a jury to decide who will be responsible for making decisions about that person's person and that person's estate. Now, generally under U.S. law, conservatorship is the appointment of a guardian to protect the rights, and that uh, appointment is by a judge to manage the financial affairs and or the daily life and other personal things due to old age or physical or mental limitations. A person under conservatorship is known as the conservatee, a term that can and usually does refer to an adult. Now, a person under guardianship is a ward, a term that usually refers to a minor child. Conservatorship may also apply to corporations and organizations, kind of, sort of like an extreme form of a state-controlled bankruptcy, but not quite so. Now, the conservatorship may be only of the estate, that is to say the financial affairs of the individual who's being conserved, but may also be of the person wherein the conservator takes charge of overseeing the daily activities such as the health care or living arrangements of the conservatee. A conservator is a person uh, is more typically called the legal guardian. In other words, according to the State Bar of California's pamphlet entitled, Do I Need a State Planning? If you do not make arrangements in advance, a court-supervised conservatorship proceeding may be required if you become incapacitated. Conservatorships are proceedings which allow the court to appoint the person responsible for your care and for the management of your estate if you are unable to do so. You should, therefore, select a person or persons you wish to care for you and your estate in the event that you become incapable of managing your assets or providing for your own care. And I say you should do that now while you at least have some of your wits about you. Now, in the state of California, there are two types of conservatorships. There's something known as the Latterman-Petrus-Short, and those were the three um, assembly members who created their act, the act, back in 1967, and it's referred to as the LPS. And the other type of conservatorship is the probate conservatorship that we've talked about, where the court, somebody files a petition because you're losing it, and you go into court and the judge will uh, make a determination more than likely, or sometimes a jury. Now, these forms of conservatorships are governed by the California Probate Court Code and the Welfare and Institutions Code. Uh, 
Now, LPS conservatorships begin with a temporary 30-day conservatorship. And if the conservatee remains gravely disabled, the conservator is reappointed for a year. The LPS conservatorship can be renewed annually or terminated if no longer needed. Probate conservatorships are referred to as general conservatorships and typically do not have a temporary period unless an urgent emergency exists that is creating the risk that the person or their estate will be harmed or diminished. Probate conservatorships do not automatically expire as LPS conservatorships do if they are not renewed by the conservator. In an LPS conservatorship, a court-appointed conservator over the person is responsible for managing the conservatee's placement, medical decisions, and mental health treatment. A conservator over the estate is responsible for marshalling, protecting, and managing the conservatee's assets and the remains of their estate. A conservator reports to the court that appointed them and is monitored by the supervising judicial court in the county in which the conservator permanently resides. Now, the LPS conservatorship usually begins with the county mental health system and are referred from acute psychiatric hospitals where probate conservatorships can result from a referral source if validated with proper medical documentation. So that's the distinction. Generally, for the LPS kind of conservatorship, there is a grave mental health issue and um, basically the state steps in and takes over. Uh, the probate conservatorship, usually a friend of the uh, person that needs to be looked after, will file a petition with the court. And if there are mental health issues are around the appropriate medical treatment and uh, uh, witnessed by a doctor will facilitate that process. Now, mental health Consumers have the right to a patient's rights advocate and are taken through a series of hearings while they are in the acute hospital before they reach the point of needing a conservator. As for conservatorships of organizations in the United States and some states, corporations such as banks and insurance companies, among others, can be placed under conservatorship as a less extreme alternative to receivership, whereas in a receiver is expected to terminate the rights of shareholders and managers, a conservatorship is expected to merely assume those rights with the prospect that uh, they will be relinquished at some point. Now, when we get together next time, we'll continue our discussion of estate planning as a means to avoid all kinds of probate proceedings, including conservatorships. If you do that, if you take that estate planning process when you have your wits about you, and you know you never know when your wits are going to leave you, it could be because of aging or you could be in a terrible automobile accident 
and survive, as um, a banker once told me that I needed to have some kind of protection because you might get slammed in by a Mack truck and live. And then what are you going to do? So we're going to leave it there for now. But as always in closing, I like to say here at Selwyn's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law including laws designed to have our wishes concerning our persons and our property respected in our waning years. And even after we cross over to the other side, to the next iteration. But in the meantime, I really want to take a minute to urge you to please get vaccinated until we have herd immunity because the Delta variant and its offsprings that we don't even conceive yet are killers. They like us to not be vaccinated so they can move in and take over our bodies and extract what they want. Sounds like somebody who wants to take over our property uh, while we're still living in it. So let's not give them the upper hand. Let's not give uh, COVID the upper hand. And when you're out and about, even if you're vaccinated, please keep your social distance, mask up, and wash your hands. Till next time, please take care. Stay safe. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.